Hello and welcome to Between the Horns, the bi-week edition. My name is JB Long, alongside team reporter Serena Morales. Good morning, Serena. Anything going on in your world? Good morning. I got my cup of joe. I'm ready to go. I'm scared of DeMarco because there's two of him today. There's two Uh, of me? Oh, this guy? Oh, he's long gone, Serena. Yeah, yeah. He's never coming back. Yeah, yeah. That guy had healthy (laughs) Bi-week for the broadcaster, right, DeMarco, but not for the father? No doubt. Oh, my God. Right outside this door right now is just a five-year-old waiting on me with crayons to get it started. You know what I'm talking about. And we are pleased to be joined by a former NFL linebacker and co-host of the Rams pre- and post-game coverage on 710 ESPN, Kirk Morrison. How you doing, Kirk? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, fellas and he ladies. He got the memo. He got the memo. Oh, yeah. Already. You already know. I got to brush out the, the brand new gear. Nice to see you all. And as you know, we've reached the midway point of this season. Uh, it also lines up with the Rams bye week. They are five and three after eight games. Today, we're going to take a look back, see what they've done well, what still uh, stands to improve, and then also preview what is a really intriguing second half that's loaded with divisional games. So, Serena, you want to get us started? Oh, for sure. I want to dive into some topics from the first half, and I actually really want to focus on this Rams defense. Um, they've been really impressive under Brandon Staley, right? Holding a point, opponents to under 300 yards per game. Um, 25 sacks ranks fourth in the NFL. And so what I love the most about this team is their consistency. You know, this is not this is the one arm of the team that you can always seem to count on when it comes down to it. Um, and it's not just the big name players. I think Darius Williams has had an incredible season um, with two interceptions and seven passes defended. Um, DeMarco, I'll start with you. What do you think has been most impressive for you? Well, it's funny. Whenever we make these uh, these comments about the football team, I always try to imagine that, that like Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, all these guys are in the room. So I'll just go ahead and say I think this is a defensive-led football team. Um, I think they, they're the heart and soul. But um, I think Brandon Stanley's defense has been most impressive to me is they don't give up big plays over the top. Uh, they keep a lid on the offense, keep a lid on the defense. I mean, nothing explosive. I mean, if you look down the list of explosive pass plays against the Rams, it's it's very, very short. And explosive runs, too. They do a great job in pursuit outside of the San Francisco 49ers game when we really gave them hell about it. But, I mean, really good job of being very disciplined, uh, defending each and every run and getting the right guys to the football, and then when it does get out, running it down. So not a ton of explosive run plays as well. And – Something that was a problem last year that was a point of emphasis going into this season was penalties. They have been really, really good and technically sound playing football outside of one bad call in Buffalo. Uh, It's been really, really good penalty-wise. So this group, uh, still there's a lot left out there for them. There's a a lot of growth to be had in the second half, but this group has really paced the football team in the first half. Yeah, Kurt, what do you think, especially in the second half of these games we've seen, the defense seems to shut it down? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with the communication that I see amongst not only the defensive backs, but the guys up front. Uh, but I think a, a lot of credit has to go to Brandon Staley. I'm not sure what he's saying at halftime or what he's doing in, in terms of getting the players hyped up, but it's almost like a filling out process that we see in first half of games. It's like, how are they going to block us, fellas? How are they going to come with stacks and bunches and things like that? And then you get to the second half, and then all of a sudden, that communication is that much more crisp. Uh, we start to see what an Aaron Donald and, and, and Leonard Floyd on the same side rushing. So I say, like, okay, if you want to start doing this, this is what we're going to do. And that's why we've seen Aaron Donald lined up as a defensive end all the way on one side and four rushers on the other side. It's because I think it's the adjustments. And that's what they're doing in the second half. They've been really lights out. And I also believe it's 
they've been more opportunistic, I think, in the back end. Guys are starting to feel more comfortable and take those chances, try to get interceptions, tip passes, and things like that. So I think that's really what I've seen in the second half. And they also play off the offense. I think throughout certain games, we've seen the offense tend to slow the pace down a little bit, run the football, and create less opportunities, which I think makes other offenses feel like, okay, we got to score to keep up with the Rams. And that's when the big plays start happening. Well, they've been better in the second half of games to be certain, but their opponents are going to be a lot better in the second half, especially offensively. I mean, you go from, let's just say, Daniel Jones and Tua and Kyle Allen to Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. And so I think they'll be uh, tested a little bit more thoroughly after this bye week. The average offensive ranks of their opponents so far is in the low 20s. The average of the next four opponents, Seattle, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Arizona is top 10. It's right around seven. So they're about to to really, I think, be thoroughly vetted. Let's switch gears and and take a look at the Rams offense now, which has been a mixed bag, I would say. And unfortunately, it's now coming off its worst showing of the year in Miami. DeMarco, we talked with Sean McVay on Monday, I believe it was, about this interesting challenge. They want to put up more points, yes. But it seems like they want to do it in a sensible manner without putting the football in jeopardy because this defense is too good to squander. I'm a big fan of that. A big fan of what you just said and what Kurt said, too. Uh, Running the football, playing off your defense. You've got the world's best punter, you know, on your sideline. So if it doesn't work out offensively, you can always split field position and put this defense back on the field to get to the ball back, uh, either by three and out or or taking it away. Um, So, look, it's not that we know this offense better than Sean McVay. It's not that we know more football than Sean McVay. If so, we would be head coaches uh, like, like he was. But There are times when you are just screaming into the TV, please just run the football, take air out of the uh, air out of the football, time off the clock, give your defense time to rest. Uh, I I think I can sum it up this way, JB, more golf under center, less shotgun. And let's see what happens with that. Um, I think shotgun as a last resort and not as a primary play call uh, and until they earn it going forward. So, Running the football, all three backs have been great. And I would say lean on your bigs, man. I think these guys have played great. And we said this offense is very offensive line friendly. Okay, make it not offensive line friendly. Run the football. Let's see if these guys can move people off the football, especially when you start facing the quarterbacks that you're about to start facing. You want to keep those guys on the bench as long as possible. And the only way to do that is running the football. Kirk, if we were having this conversation three weeks ago, I think it would have been centered around Jared Goff getting back to another Pro Bowl. Uh, At this point, you know, as we reset for the second half, it seems like a critical juncture in his career. Uh, When you look at the stakes, when you look at the opponents, and when you look at the last three games he's had, there are a lot of question marks, maybe more than answers right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just the the turnovers. That's always when we look back at at a stat sheet or say, you know, how was the game? We always say what? How many times did the Rams turn it over? Did we have any interceptions or fumbles, things like that? For me, I think this is a time for Jared Goff going to bye week to kind of see right now what is our offense? Who are we? And I think right now it's leaning on the running game. You know, when Ty Gurley left in the offseason, we kind of felt that this was the year for Jared Goff to take off, to ascend as one of these upper echelon top five quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that that's still in play for him. But right now, currently, the way that your team is set up, You've got three terrific running backs, and I think you have to utilize them a lot more. you got two outstanding tight ends, I think, that can get more involved. And I think a, a wide receiving core that if you just get the ball in their hands, maybe not having to always take the deep shots, 
but get the quick short throws and allow them to take over. That's where I think Jared is at his best. That's why his completion percentage was at its best earlier in the season. But once you start to get into those deep throws down the field and teams have a beat on you, it's a little bit difficult for Jared to get comfortable in that. Pocket. Can I add one more thing, JB? Let me, let me, let me get closer to the mic. Recognize zero blitz. <laughs> hey, 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 you know what? That, that's that's a difficulty for a lot of quarterbacks, but I get it, DeMarco. Zero blitz. And I think, look, this is a copycat league, the NFL is. And so what Jared saw in Miami, trust me, he's going to see against the Seattle Seahawks in that next game to see if you were able to fix a problem of two weeks earlier. Yeah, well, let's talk about the Seahawks because that's what's happening as we look ahead to the second half of this season. Five of the Final eight games are against the NFC West. So fun, right? Kurt, how daunting a task will that be for this Rams? Well, it's going to be difficult, right? Because we know where Seattle is, right? They've got the MVP of the NFL. And if he doesn't get it this year, I think the NFL needs to recount the votes, right? At a time in our country, we're talking about voting. But I think <laughs> I think Russell Wilson, I think, is the best quarterback in the NFL. I would take him over Patrick Mahomes. But for some reason, that is always – been a guy who Aaron Donald loves to play against. And it seems that the Rams defense before Brandon Staley would rise to the challenge. I'm looking forward to those two games against Seattle. The same with Arizona. I think now we're starting to see San Francisco is just so depleted uh, with injuries. I don't know if we're going to see the same team that the Rams saw uh, at Levi Stadium, but it, it will be a daunting task because you still got to throw in the Buccaneers who may be arguably one of the top teams in the NFC, New England and what's going on with them and Cam. So when you start to look at the schedule, the one thing that the bright spot for me is that there are five games at home yeah. and the Rams have three losses on the season. All three of those losses were on the road. So to me, maybe SoFi is the elixir that you need in the second half, which gives me credence that I think the second half be a lot better for the Rams. Yeah, DeMarco, we joke, but they've been traveling East Coast a lot the first half of the season. So now they get to hunker down, but obviously hunkering down means more difficult teams to play against. Um, what do you kind of make of this two-game stretch? Because they've got Seattle and then Tampa Bay coming up. Uh, you know, Seattle is always tough because it is Russell Wilson. It's always Seattle. But like Kirk just said, the Rams do play Seattle very well. And Aaron Donald seems to have this, this thing for Russell Wilson. I don't know why, but I love it. Uh, every single time they get on the same field, it's let's figure out who the best player is today. And it's usually Aaron chasing Russell around. But every now and then that guy can make a play. Uh, if Aaron does get blocked up or if you can't get to him or if you do and he finds a way to get out, he can always make a play against you. He is absolutely the scariest quarterback I've ever seen. He can make a play on you at any second. So uh, going to be tough. Uh, the next one, and this is funny, arguably, and you guys can help me out. I think that Tampa might be one of the best teams in the league, period. Uh, that defense, Todd Bowles has them going. Uh, Todd Bra uh, Tom Brady has finally ingratiated himself into the offense, and there seems to be some synergy there, and they can run the football. And this is what I heard that really scared me. Leonard Fournette may actually be their third down back. Yes. But a guy like that is your third down back. Oh, my God, look out. So this will be a tough game uh, top two-game stretch. Now, you can either make you or break you. If you get through this – these next two games at 2-0, you're going to be sky high confidence-wise. If you go 0-2 or if you split, depending on how you lose, it could be tough on you the rest of the way. But uh, to me, this could be the season, these next two weeks. JB, I'm curious, actually, for each of you, do we know what the Rams, like I think 2018 we knew what the Rams' identity was, but going into this first eight games of the season, and JB, I'll start with you because I'm curious your answer as well. Do we know what the Rams' identity is for the first eight games? 
So I'll answer that in just a, a second, but I want to address the gauntlet upcoming real quickly. Um, I know it was posed as a two game, you know, back to back, which I think yeah. is makes total sense given the record of those teams. Right. But no part of me is riding the 49ers uh, off waiting on Love a short week coming back from Tampa and Monday night football, just because George Kittle's on the shelf and Jimmy Garoppolo too. Like, I think there's an argument to be made that that could actually be the biggest game left mm. on the second half schedule. We'll see how it plays out. It's too early to kind of make that proclamation, but it wouldn't surprise me coming back from the Buccaneers if I'm saying something like that. In terms of identity, I think this has become an elite defense that is going to really clash with some great offenses and quarterbacks in the second half. Um, that might even give Brandon Staley an opportunity to be a head coach come this winter. Uh, I think the offense um, is still wrangling with who they want to be and what their best option is to, to beat a lot of these opposing defenses. And unfortunately, it's a team that's deficient in the kicking game right now that aside from their punter um, is in the bottom tier of the NFL in terms of special teams. And it's really difficult for me to see them getting to where they want to go if that doesn't do a 180 in the second half of the schedule. Kurt or DeMarco, any thoughts on just overall Rams identity? DeMarco, I know you're always asking, like, does this guy really know who he is yet? You always come yeah, to yeah. the um, You know, I, I think uh, and sometimes teams can go in with a, a certain opinion of themselves and then learn that they're not. Uh, I'll give you, for instance, Brian Billick, when he first got to Baltimore, was an offensive genius. How did he win it? With defense. So uh, I think this is just the way the team is playing for right now. Uh, you're running the football, you're running it well, and you're playing great defense, and you've got a great punter. Any, If you remove the coach and put in the new one, he would say, well, look, let's run the football and play good defense with that and see how we go. But steady improvement by the offense is necessary. But I think the identity right now is field position. You've got the best pass rusher in the league. It's going to be tough to score on the Rams. I, I think that's what they are right now. Yeah, I think we're, yeah, we're all in agreement on this one, Serena. I think the identity of this team has to be defensively, right, because of what they've shown us in the first half. Now, what can they improve on in their identity? To me, they've got to be better in the special teams, especially like JB mentioned, the kicking game. I've never been around a team to where every time they line up for a field goal, I literally hold my breath. Right. Because you don't know what, what can happen in those types of kicks or extra points. Um, can can really shake away a game is played, right? You're chasing points for the entire game. So for me, their identity has to rely not only on their defense, but rely on this defensive line with Sean Robinson, some of those guys coming back. I think this defensive front will be not only tested, but what may end up being the strength of the second half of this team for the, uh, for the second half of the season. All right, Kirk just dropped Sean, so let's go rapid fire and we'll shuffle things around and we'll start there with the defensive tackle who they held out despite being available to play against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, what will he add to an already stout defense, do you think, DeMarco? Uh, size, uh, intensity. I mean, he was one of the better defensive tackles in the league when they actually let him play three technique in Detroit. It's going to be a little bit different. That three technique is occupied by the best in the business, but you know, depending on where they put Aaron, every now and then you're going to get to rush to where you want to rush. So uh, this is a potential Pro Bowl type guy. So to add him into the mix would be awesome, would be great. Um, but like I said before, uh, names and expectation. I've heard names. The production wasn't there. I hope that when Ashawn actually gets in, he plays like the Ashawn like we're used to seeing. All right, so he's – uh, JB, to that point, I, just listening to Ashawn over the past couple weeks and, and watching him, I've never seen a player smile more than what he's been like. I mean, he's been a kid in a candy store working through things. Um, I think um, the defense overall on that D-line, him going through drills, 
I would I didn't really expect to see him into the mix um, against uh, this week eight against the Dolphins. I don't he didn't he looked like he was still fine tuning things. But I think to that point, right? There was no preseason. Preseason he had some respiratory issues. So you don't want to rush a guy in there, but I think overall and what he said in press conferences so far, I've been very supported by my teammates. I'm really excited to get in there. I follow him on Instagram. He's singing Motown all day, every day. He's in a great mood mentally. I think he's ready to go. So I think it's a matter of time. If you're in a good mental space and you feel supported by your teammates, that usually transcends and like shows on the field. How about which rookie skill player is going to put Rams fans in the best mood in the second half of this season? Cam Akers or Van Jefferson? Whew, uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that's the tough one. Um, rookie skill position player. Well, I, I would, yeah, I would have to lean on probably, golly, I think Cam Akers is going to have a, a great second half of the season. I really believe that only because he's not a rookie anymore, right? The first four games, five games, you're halfway through the season. And I think I kind of go back to my career and I felt like I got a handle on not only how to study, how the flow of the game is, preparation week in and week out, and what I need to do to prove to my coaches that I'm the guy uh, that deserves more carries in this case for Cam Akers. So I think he's going to have, I think, um, a much better second half of the season. And I think that that rib injury really slowed him down, really, I think, hurt his confidence as well because he's not running the way as free as I saw him at Florida State. On the other hand, I think Van Jefferson, will he will continue to just vie for reps, but it's hard the way that Josh Reynolds has been playing out, outside, I mean, outside of his mind, really. And you think you're not going to move Robert Woods or, or Cooper Cup. So there's only three spots. And let's not forget about Tyler Higby, you know, coming back off the hand injury. We really haven't seen that big outburst since Philadelphia. So there's only one football. And I think right now the guy who may have the impact will be Cam Makers just because the identity of the team in the second half will be running the football. Well, you want more carries? Pick up the right guy during zero blitz. That would help. I'm just saying. No, but um, I can't hear you, Demarco. It's I'm just saying uh, that, that, and you, like Kirk said, you're going to see it until you stop it. So, if you want more carries, you got to be letter perfect in that scenario. I would love for Cam Akers to put Malcolm Brown on the bench. I would love it if if you had that sort of scenario. That is a champagne problem, but you've got to know what Malcolm knows. I know you've got the ability, but it's not always about carries. But I'll go with Van Jefferson. Uh, I think there's enough room in this offense, especially at receiver, that he's going to get some looks. And, you know, when this offense is humming, it really doesn't matter which guy is catching the football. It's all set up for you to have success in the open field. So, And he's got some deep ball ability. So when you start talking about copycat league and zero blitzes, and you're going to see it, well, how do you get defenses out of it? Throw the ball deep down the field or run through it. Uh, so I think your best beat ball guy might be him. Uh, he's he's the guy that's had success down the field. So uh, maybe in the next coming weeks, we'll be talking more about Van Jefferson on vertical routes. Well, we usually close out between the horns with our weekly Rams fantasy picks. But since we're midway through the season, we figured we'd go around the horn and kind of pick our first half MVPs. Um DeMarco, ah. I'll, start, I'll start with you. I, hold, I on, hold on, guys, hold on. I have a, no idea. Quick point of order. This is the non-Aaron Donald division, right? Well, wait, wait, baby. How dare you? <laughs> right. You can't give DeMarco the first pick and leave oh Aaron my God. Donald. Well, 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 of course he is, but that helps me figure out who I was going to pick. So right. Get him out of the way, Kurt. You're at wild card. Jamie, I, I know you. you're picking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Funny, you guys are hilarious. I'll reveal my strategy, JP. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
what, ahead, what, Aaron Donald. When, when I heard the question, I'm like, I knew it. It's going to be like AD and or Jalen Ramsey. So I said Aaron Ramsey or oh, Jalen okay. Donald. <laughs> Take him as one person. Uh, because, look, I mean, if you're talking about the MVPs, I mean, how can you not talk about Aaron Donald, what he gives you? Sacking the quarterback, getting taking the ball away, setting things up for everyone else. But think about the big plays Jalen Ramsey has made. It may not show up on the stat column, but it damn sure shows up on game day. So I can't pick between the two. So Jalen Donald is my pick for MVP this year of the first half. So sad. Uh, I've never heard of those names. <laughs> um. To me, I, I think, honestly, when you think about MVP as a guy who's always on the field, who's doing the right thing, and very seldom do we call his name in a bad play. And I think this year, the first eight games so far, let's be honest, a lot of thought into this Rams defense was because who's going to be the communicator, who was going to be the guy with the green dot, who was not going to come off the field, get guys lined up, help out that inexperienced linebacking uh, core, who's going to be able to line everybody up in the front end. I got to go with John Johnson. I mean, he doesn't have the numbers. He doesn't have the statistics. But when you think about what he does play in and play out for this Rams defense and this Rams team, I mean, he arguably to me is the MVP. He doesn't get that, you know, tap on the helmet and say, coach, I need a couple plays. He's wearing a green dot. He is out there every single play. And I think we're seeing his versatility as well, playing in the deep end, the deep half near the line of scrimmage. I think we can see him blitzing a little bit more. I think coach Daly can add that to him, but to me, he's been playing at an MVP level for this team in terms of his role. I like where this is going. JV. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like picking third in this draft, uh, but I'll, I'll try and give you an offensive and defensive player of the year in my eyes at the midway point. Um, I think Andrew Whitworth is having yeah. another career season at age 38. And I think the offensive line is the biggest overachieving group. So I need, I need to give him a lot of credit for that uh, on defense. You know, I don't know where this Rams team would be without Darius Williams and some of the plays he's made at Philadelphia home against the giants in particular and while I agree completely with DeMarco about what he's saying, you know, Jalen Ramsey on defense, the way he's hitting, the way he's taking options away, because he's such an intimidator, the player opposite him, I think, becomes almost the most important piece on defense. And not only has Darius Holt held his own, he's thrived. And so I would go with Andrew Whitworth and Darius Williams as my midway players of the year. Yeah. And, and to touch on all of your points, I mean – DeMarco, obviously, with Aaron Donald, you could pick him MVP any year. He's like the LeBron James of the NFL, right? And in 2018, he had 20 and a half sacks in a freaking season. He has nine. I mean, he's right on pace to break that easily. He just has to get a couple more sacks per game. Not a big deal. But I know you guys all touched on defense, so I'm going to go with offense. I just think, you know, as we talk about the Rams' identity moving forward, I think the pass, the passing balance of pass rush has worked. I want to see more of that. I think Daryl Henderson, for the fact that he came off, he started this season injured with a hamstring injury. Um, he didn't really play a lot last season. For him to kind of mentally get into a space where he's like, I have opportunity here, and he's shown what he has over a, a leader like Malcolm Brown. He's he's got the the most. He he literally leads the rushing with three touchdowns. Um, he's 458 yards. And my other pick for this, and I know I'm cheating here, is Robert Woods. And wow. only because, Kurt, you mentioned guys on the field that you never really hear mistakes, that's consistently kind of going. And Robert Woods, after Sam Sloman, leads the team with points. So if you're talking about keeping these the Rams in games, well, you got to get some points. The defense can do what they can, and they haven't scored any points for us this season. And I know that they will 
to the second half of this season with guys like who we have and who you guys have all talked about. But I think really when it comes down to the, the Rams and MVP caliber, you think about the offense and what's keeping this team alive at five and three record is the run and pass game. And you got to give it to the two guys, the two heroes on each of those parts, which is Robert Woods and Daryl Henderson. Robert Woods even has two rushing touchdowns. So when you talk about the, you know, running back position and you think of just the overall offense and utilizing whatever you can, Robert Woods and Daryl Henderson are my two MVPs. Let's hope the conversations are just as difficult at the end of the year in terms of picking candidates and uh, and maybe that the most improved award is a really difficult toss-up for all mm-hmm. of us because the Rams are heading into a difficult second half after the bye. Kirk, DeMarco, Serena, great to see you all. Enjoy an open weekend. Maybe watch a little bit of football as opposed to working in it. Who knows? <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be fun, yeah. Trust me, I've, I've had uh, some uh, wonders going on right now with my fantasy team. So right now it's been a fantasy weekend. But with everybody either hurt or on COVID, man, trust me, wow. I'm, a, I'm a bad general manager. I'm a bad <laughs> general manager. Well, that'll do it for our bi-week edition of Between the Horns. For DeMarco, Kirk, and Serena, I'm J.B. Long. Please do have a relaxing bye week We'll see you all again next Thursday morning as we do every week. And we'll be preparing for Rams, Seahawks, and SoFi Stadium in week 10.